Forch's Betamax Dungeon. Welcome everybody to this week's edition of Betamax Dungeon with me, Mark Fortune. And me, Jamie. Hey Mark. Hey listeners. Welcome to another fun descent into the bowels of the dungeon where what we do is horror chat. And waffle. Oh yeah, a lot of waffle, a lot of horror horror chat. Now, I've got to ask you a question, mate. Okay. What has your favourite friend been up to this week? Oh, Eagle. Well, uh, as we left it last time, uh, he was basically uh, pursuing a desire to uh, write music belonging to the devil. So this week I've spun the wheel, Mark. I've spun the wheel of random Eagle adventures... What um, it landed on? This week it's landed on what I can only call Symphony of Doom. I thought that's what he was doing last week. No, that was the, or or- the week before. That was the orchestra or something. Well, anyway, he. Uh, so basically, this week, if I had to say it was uh, like a film or a combination of films, I would say very much this week it's uh, it's a little bit like Lords of Chaos, which was the book about the Norwegian death metal scene. Uh, it's very much like that meets the kids from fame. Uh, he, he's, what? I'll just go with it, Mark. Jesus. He, um, he's taking it quite seriously. So he wants to make a band that will create a sound that is truly so dark, so nihilistic. It is the most evil sound. Wasn't he doing this last week? Yeah, Very similar thing. Hang on, no, I, it was a preamble last week, Mark. It was just a preamble to what he's doing That's, this week. All that last week was a preamble. Hang on, he's he has started to assemble the. Just go with it, Mark. Okay. He's assembled some of the instruments. Okay. All right, Glockenspiel. His human bone Glockenspiel is down there, but he's also amassed quite an array of diabolical musical instruments, Mark. He's got. Can I stop you there a second? When we're doing the preamble and I'm doing the I'm setting the recording app, it's all it's all quiet, and then you start talking about Eagle, and the red line starts coming in. Calm down. Okay, all right, calm down. <laughs> Go. Right. Okay. I'm sorry. Just... No, it's right. No, yeah. No, 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 I'm self-conscious because no, no, come I've, on. I've read. Oh, come on, it. come on, come on. Right. Okay. So he's amassed. Weapons. No, he has, they're not weapons. Weapons? No, they're not weapons. He's got a glock See, I'm discombobulated because of the red lining bullshit, Mark. I'm sorry. Right. He wants to write diabolical music. You right, know, okay. the kind of stuff that would make, like, Gigi Allen look like the Carpenters. Who's Gigi Allen? Uh, oh, is that that nutty, nutty punk bloke? No, he's the kind of guy who'd, like, take shit a shit stage. and then yeah, right. eat it and throw it at you. Uh, Barzum and Mayhem he, he wants to make them look like I don't know Simon and Garfunkel do you know what I mean it, really dark evil music okay? has he been having his little mates down here practising well we'll get to that Mark first of all he's set about getting the instruments together okay diabolical instruments of the devil okay so okay. he's got his glockenspiel human bone glockenspiel obviously he's, he's also managed to get his hands on uh the marquis de sard's bongo drums okay uh he's got pol pot's recorder uh, uh what do you mean 
his, his recorder, his little, you know, that little... Oh, uh, that, okay. Yeah, he's got Charles Manson's wah-wah pedal. Uh, he's got Phil Spector's wall of sound. He's got Jeffrey Archer's prison ukulele. And he's got Talking Marder's drum kit. Oh, and uh, he's also got a kazoo that once belonged to that woman that put the cat in the bin that one time. Oh, that's a diabolical... No, he's, she, play, he's playing she's, she's, wow, she's the worst no, out of the bunch mate she got no there's no guitar for the wow wow pedal he already had a guitar did he he's not yeah. going to plug the ukulele that yet. belonged to Caligula Caligula's guitar he's got Caligula's guitar that yeah. a bit of sitar, it's Fender right? what are you talking about it, instruments Mark musical instruments so he accumulated the instruments yeah right <coughs> excuse oh, me he's got a little bell end wow that went south really quick. Oh. He had to put the band back together. Oh, God. Right, so first of all, he hooked up with his old friend, Chet Fingers McGurkin. Of course it is. Okay. Yeah. Mate, he's such a good guitar player. It's, a, it's unbelievable. Yeah. Unfortunately, he's completely deranged. Oh, so you surprised me. Oh, it, mate, the guy's like off the charts crazy. Okay. Right? I think we're going into it. Going Pretty into deep. It? Okay. okay. So they met up, they reunited, they went on a massive bender. Okay. Right. And, you know, because they're trying to create really evil devil's music. Yeah. You know, they're they're just really sort of drawn to diabolical dark stuff, okay? Okay. So they hooked up with some skanky ladies, like really kind of cheap, floozy types. You know, if you could call them that nowadays, you know, these are just really (laughs) unpleasant ladies. Okay. It would do anything for very little. Where are they from? Caution? I think they were local ladies. Not from Chippenham. They were. They were partying. You know, they were taking drugs. Chippenham at all? They were taking drugs. They were partying. What the blue stuff? Some of that was floating around. Yeah. And they got sucked into this really quite childish kind of game of like who could be more nihilistic. You know, (sighs) it's like I am more darker than thou. Okay, kind of, so what shenanigans did they get up to? Well, they, as I said, they got drawn into this battle. They were trying to impress these ladies, these kind of ladies of the night. They were, yeah. kind of, you know, goffy, scary-looking ladies. Um, basically, uh, Igor, in an attempt to win the argument over who could be more nihilistic, he chopped his own feet off and he stitched... Using garden twine, he stitched pig trotters to his feet just to show how little he cared, how nihilistic he was. But he lost because Fingers, Fingers McGurkin... Chopped off his fingers. Well, no, he he had a revolver with him. He just pulled it out and he shot himself in the head. Fingers died that night, Mark. It was a tragedy. Fingers died tonight. Fingers died. He shot himself in the head. Uh... So, I mean, there was nowhere for Igor left to go, really. He'd well, lost his guitar player. He'd lost the battle of who could be the darkest, most nihilistic, diabolical devil worshipper of the pair of them. Right. It was clearly the guy who shot himself in the head. Right, what on earth are you talking about? I'm talking about what happened. What are you about? talking about? What, I'm talking about what happened. Was he still got the pig trotters? No, he, no, he's sorted out now. He went what downstairs. What do you mean he sorted it? He went downstairs. Oh, he, you know he's got Pigs all kinds of clever... Downstairs. Say again. Pigs can't walk downstairs. Or is it cows? But he was crawling along. He, you, you will have noticed that he tends to scamper along more on his hands than his feet anyway. It's not like he uses his feet that much, Mark. Are you talking to him this week? Not so much. 
It's getting a little bit strange. Like nine band members to get through. Well, he's still trying to accumulate band members. He hasn't got them all together yet. I've got a great band name for him. Okay. Buckworth and Die. That's your band name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He might like that. That's quite nihilistic. And it'd be presumably it'd be in one of those fonts that you couldn't actually read. Oh, like a death death metal font. Yeah, so almost like lightning. But you like you eat. You look at it for five minutes and you still can't actually make out any letters. Yeah. That's how much they hate you that they don't even want you to be able to read their name. That's how hardcore they are, Mark. He got sucked into it this week. He got sucked into that Norwegian death. I'm just happy to say that no churches got burned. Well, you know, he didn't go that far. A man died. Well, he killed himself. Well, he still died. Yeah, but fingers, you know, he he had issues, you know. Clearly. People think that they called him Fingers because of his guitar playing skills. Okay. But that wasn't okay, what they called... we don't need to know. What? Okay. So, <laughs> what film are we talking what about? What film are we talking about this week, Mark? Du, 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 du. We're talking about Dream Home. House. Dream Home. Dream Home, Mark. Dream oh, home. I made an error when we decided to do... When we first talked about this and decided to do Dream Home... I managed to get my hands on Dream House and watched about five minutes of that before I realised it was the wrong film. Isn't that a romantic comedy? Who's in Dream House? Uh, Daniel Craig. Uh, okay. I think it's a thriller, but I didn't really get through it. Dream House. Yeah, okay. So, well, we're already confusing the listeners. You're no, we're, we're talking about Dream Home. Yeah, that's the film we're talking about this Which week. Jack- Dream Home, 2010. <laughs> of course, it's Hong Kong. From Hong Kong. It? Yeah, it's an ultra-gory modern slasher. And you, Mark, you will never look at a cable tie in the same way again. No, I won't. Dream home. Hong Kong horror. Right, okay. Uh, synopsis, Mark. We generally go over synopsis. Do you want to do the well, synopsis? Well, is it not difficult to do the synopsis because it's jiggity-jaggedy all out of order? Yeah, I think... Um, yeah, I hear what you're saying. If you're going to do a... If you're going to do a synopsis, you need to maybe mention that it's very much a... a uh, it's your non-traditional narrative structure, isn't it? That kind of... I think what um, they call it the trade, Jamie, is non-linear storytelling. You're right. It is non-linear storytelling. So it kind of jumps around. It starts off with a brilliant murder. It's a pretty horrible murder. Yeah. Well, they're all pretty horrible, Mike. Um, well, it's not the worst. So if we're going to do a synopsis... Right. There's a young lady. Really? That's, that's an unusual... Okay. <laughs> What's her name? Uh, okay, uh, uh, the actress's name, I believe, again, disclaimer, I apologise in advance, uh, my pronunciations may be way off on well, a lot just of stick these with a, Well, yeah, right, we can't just do the characters' names, that's fine. Uh, well, uh, the actress was uh, Josie Ho, Josie Ho, Yeah. and uh, her character is Shen Lei Sheng, Shen Lei Sheng? What do they call it? They don't call it that every time they mention a name in the film. They call it Sheng. Sheng. Yeah, Sheng. Sheng Lei. Sheng Lei Sheng. I believe, again, sorry if I'm mangling that. I mean no offence. This is a a slasher film where it basically toys with all the conventions of slasher films. Yes. Um, The protagonist is a woman. She is. Antagonist, really, I suppose. Yeah. She's not a hero in any sense. Of not at all. No, not at all. 
But yet you still strangely sympathise with her through a lot of it. And no. And she does despicable things. She does terrible things and I've got no sympathy for her. No sympathy? None at all. None okay. at all. All right. I'll explain that in a bit. Okay. Well, uh, I think if we're, let me, uh, if we're going to talk about Hong Kong films... Yeah. Uh, I feel like we need to talk about the golden era of Category 3. Okay. Okay. Go on. Uh Category 3 was kind of like a, a new age rating introduced in Hong Kong in 1988. Uh, and it was basically a new age certificate of adults only. Okay? Right, so like it's an 18 or an X. Yeah, it, yeah, basically, yeah, essentially. Uh, so it was introduced in 1988 and it was off the back of Men Behind the Sun, which was a... Uh, it's quite an exploitative. Is that not like a Japanese concentration camp? Well, it was made in Hong Kong, but it was a film about atrocities committed by the Japanese against the Chinese during the Second Sino-Chinese War. Right. I can't remember the dates, and I didn't write the dates down. I should have done. But that, that film was... Uh, it was pretty harrowing. Um, well, I can imagine it was. Oh yeah, really. And there's some really. Na- it doesn't kind of shy away from any of the kind of uh, the nastiness of some of the atrocities that happened. When that came along in 1988, they set up this new category three age rating, and uh, it had a heyday through the late 80s into the 90s. Uh, it was really popular in the West as well. And I mean. <coughs> should say uh, a category three was like an age rating so there was loads of films from the west that would have been rated category three right. but when you took when generally when film buffs talk about category three they're talking about the films made in Hong Kong that were rated category right. three so uh, just to give you a quick rundown list of some of the movies that were category three classics and this would have really be been between like sort of 88 in like the late 90s right so like a 10 year yeah i mean even longer than that but that was the heyday the 90s was kind of the heyday so you had like story of ricky also known as ricky 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 uh you had naked killer i think they did a trilogy i think there was even naked killer 2 there's definitely naked killer 2 uh untold story I, which I think was also known as Human Pork Chop. Rings a bell. Uh, Ebola Syndrome. It's pretty nasty. No. Uh, Sex and Zen. There was a trilogy of Sex and Zen films that were basically sort of... It was more like erotica kind of stuff. Uh, ro- Robotrix. 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 Say that again, one last time. No, I've said it too many times already, man. <laughs> uh, a Chinese torture chamber story. Oh, that sounds uh, like fun. It does sound like fun. Intruder. Uh, nude Fear. What? Nude Fear. It's a great okay. title. Uh, dumplings. I've heard of Dumplings, yeah. Yeah, Dumplings. Um, so these are all sort of category three films. And um, Dream Home coming out in 2010. It's kind of a throwback. Yeah, and I mean, you could almost regard it as like the last gasp of Category 3. Do you know what I mean? I mean, there's been Category 3 films since then. Yeah. But this was maybe the last one that really kind of captured the feel 
of the earlier ones. It's, it's a particularly nasty film. Oh yeah, yeah. No, we should warn our viewers that. I mean, I I think to, of all the films we've sat and talked about, this even Maniac yeah. doesn't quite come close to just how off the charts nasty this bad yeah, boy this is. is. A, this is a this is a bad boy film. So all right. So if we're going to do a synopsis, then I mean, okay. So there's going to be spoilers, but essentially, uh, we're presented with a protagonist who is also a spree killer. Yeah. Um, through the narrative structure, we discover the motivation for her murder spree. Well, which does garner, I think, some. Well, sympathy. let's let's talk about that because if you're going to go in the, the go in chronological order of her life, um, I think that's the way to do it, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. Um, the first year when she's is it ninety one when she's a little girl. Yeah. And she's living with her granddad, or was it a dad? No, yeah, it was, yeah, her mum, dad, and her granddad, yeah. and her brother. And uh, her granddad goes out every day to look at the sea. Yeah, yeah, and uh, he, she gets she from a very young age. She gets this idea if she wants to live in a an apartment where she can see the sea. Well, her gra- it was important to her granddad that yeah. he could see the sea. It always meant something to him. Um, and she was all, she also had made friends with a young boy who lived next door. That's right. And he said asshole a lot. Yeah, he did. Yeah. <laughs> For no particular reason. Well, he he said they were talking via like you know the old cup and string. You know that old. It never had the tight. You had to. You have to have a tight string. Yeah. For the paper cup string telephone thing to work, they never had that tight string. But you know. They were friends via that. There's worse things to pick apart in this film than that. Well, yeah, okay, but that's but he was a friend from next door, and he suggested instead of using the word "over" at the end of every communication they made, they, they used, used the word "asshole." Um, but he, um, it's quite subtly done because it kind of presents it as her and this young lad from next door, their friendship. But what's also going on behind the scenes is. He and his family are kind of being uh, They're forced out. They're forced tr- out, yeah. Yeah, a lo- local gangs of hoodlums are trying to force them out. And the suspicion is very much that the government are behind it because it's a cheap way of getting people out to redevelop the, the building. Yeah. Knock it down, build up a condominium, charge more. So it's all about money. It's all about... Um, yeah, kind the, of the, the house prices in Hong Kong are going absolutely mental as well at this point. Yeah, and I mean, it, uh, maybe what we should say now is much of a, a disturbing, gory slasher film as it is, it does have something to say. It is very much uh, talking about sort of uh, social, economic kind of housing policies. Yeah, um, getting on the property ladder, how. Um, people are maybe led to believe that, you know, if you work hard, do as you're told, keep your head down, work hard, yeah. work really hard, and you can achieve what you want. Yeah, I've got questions about that as well, the, 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 the point. And everyone's happy that everyone else is having an affair. 
as you, anyway, we'll get to that bit later on. Okay. Um, so we kind of done a synopsis then. So basically, I mean, in a way, we're basically watching another film very similar to Maniac, aren't we, really? Where we're being presented with... It's an urban slasher film. Yeah. It's very much about life with other people in a built-up urban area. And it's about someone who loses their mind in who kills people. Yeah. I mean, um, she... Um, what happens is it goes for a life, and if this, I'm who's the first person she kills? It's a dad. Yeah, she just lets him die. Yeah, it's kind of there's euthanasia. There's been some issues with the um, with the health insurance. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, which was his fault because he yeah. didn't declare something. Yeah. Um. So she's had the money ready to put down on this flat. Well, it was null and void that that he'd he'd been to hospital for it was a lung condition, I yeah. think. Um, and he hadn't declared it, so they'd taken out insurance that they'd been, she'd been paying, um, and because this condition that he'd had, they hadn't declared, it was null and void. So when he took really ill and needed proper help, they had no money to pay for it. So um, much like a lot, I mean, like a lot of modern day uh, Asian cinema is very much kind of, um, you know, the really good stuff, like Parasite and things like that. It's got, it's got like a real forensic uh, critique of capitalism. And this film is kind of the same. This is one of those early ones where it kind of like, it's like the bureaucracy of capitalism in how... Um, is that we don't get that so much over here because we've got a health service? But there's still plenty of... Bureauc- yeah, I, not I so much to, yeah, not so much to do with... Um, not so much in the medical way, but then there is still that kind yeah, of I get, like I you, get that still. You know, if you're going NHS, you're going to probably wait for something. Whereas if you pay, you could probably get it sorted out next week. Um, and there, I mean, there's still housing policy issues in this country. I mean, there are loads of people who are struggling to even get on the property ladder. Yeah. In it seems crazy, doesn't it? You think, I mean, essentially, she's killing people because she wants a flat yeah. where she's always dreamed of living, and this ideal home that she's always told herself that if she works hard enough, she'll achieve. But she's only got two part-time jobs. She's got a full-time job she's and two got... part-time jobs. Has she? Yeah, yeah, she I works thought, hard. I thought she was on the phones. No, she, I... She works hard. She, there's no reason why she shouldn't be able to achieve what she wants. That's that's the kicker, you know. That's the that's the flaw with that pe- capitalist that- dream or the American dream or you know. But loads the- of people don't achieve their dreams. Are they growing no. doing the things that she does? No, no, no. But loads of people work hard yeah. their whole lives. Yeah, and they still don't get. Yeah, but that's that's been happening since dawn of time. But that's the. But that's not the that's not the driving force of capitalism. The driving force of capitalism is the belief for people on our level, like i.e. the bottom. Right. Our incentive is that if you work hard, you you will get there. If you if you you ain't got anything at the moment. But the way capitalism works is that if you work hard, if you put in the hours, you will get what you want. That's the American dream. That's the capitalist dream. And she does that. And What's it, her full-time job? She works on the phone. Yeah, but that's not going to make you rich, is it, working on the phone? She's not trying to get rich, Mark. She's just trying to buy the home that she promised her family that she was going to get them. 
You know, they lived in a really nasty tenement building. Yeah. Her granddad had always wanted to live by the sea, have a nice harbour view. She promised her mum that they'd get the family out of that place and they'd move somewhere better, somewhere yeah. that she wanted. So she just had her heart set on it. Yeah. And she, I, Maybe I, get a degree. I think the film... <laughs> Maybe get a degree, don't work on the phone. Yeah, but she dropped out, she dropped out of college to work. I think the didn't... I think the idea is that she worked hard. I don't think you're supposed to watch that and think that she isn't a hard worker. No, she's a hard working. But she's, she's incredibly not... hard working. She's hard working, but she's not working hard in the right areas, is she? I don't know. I don't. Yeah. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Maybe because you're not gonna. I could work. I could work forty eight hours. A... I could work twenty four hours a day doing my job, but I'd never get enough money to to get a nice. There is a whole there is a whole thread through the film where she is almost repeatedly told that what she's aspiring to she's never going to be able to afford. Yeah, you know she's even as hard as she works, it, it's just a little but loads, bit but too that's, far. That's, the, the, loads of people are told that, and they don't. Do you know what I mean? I mean, I could, I've, I've, I've got, I could afford a flat. I've got a flat, right? I can't afford a four bedroom. Detached ice on, I'm not on a ju- lane. That's what I'm saying. I'm not, and I hear you. And I'm not trying to justify her murder spree. But you have a little bit of sympathy for her. But I don't. Well, I. But but my sympathy is with anyone in the modern world who kind of works hard but still can't get what they want. You know, they work hard. They put in the hours. They care about what they do. Yeah. And I mean, she's not a bad put. Other than the murder spree. <laughs> Other than the what? We'll um, get to if she's a bad person in a bit. She's not a bad person. Only in the murder spree. <laughs> only in the murder spree. That's not how often it is with people, Mark. It's only actually in the murder oh, spree. Oh, yeah. That she's Apart a bad murder. person. That's a pretty big thing, though. But then, but you sympathise with her in all the flashbacks. In every flashback where it goes back to her life. In do, her, do, you know, do you know what? I didn't. Because you'd already seen some of the stuff that she'd done. We should we get into the? Let's talk about what we're really yeah. here for, Mark. And yeah. It's the gore. Oh. It's the gore, the murder, the slashing. In this film, is pretty much off the charts, nasty slashing. It's pro- probably well for one particular scene. Let's not talk about that one. There. Let's talk. About let's, let's talk about it in order. Uh, okay. So the security guard. So security guard. As the film, the titles come up. This. Um, well, it's a, he's just a security guard. He's just a lovely mm-hmm. old security guard. Isn't he? Well, I don't know. He's lovely. We <laughs> well, he done to... nothing wrong. He sat at the screen at this at the tenement, and not not the tenement, the the posh flats. Yeah, yeah, in the yeah. Because she, we should say she be, her murder spree is basically in the building where she wants the flat. Yeah, and she's and the reason been, does become apparent later. Yeah, yeah. Um, she, she she's made an attempt to buy. A place, and she's been unlucky, and she's, she's, got she's come very she's close. Been consumed. Yeah, is that what the word they use? Consumed. Yeah, I think so. Where the, the so sellers, been... sellers have suddenly upped their price. Yeah, because they so, realise they can get more. Yeah, I mean, they she dropped, gets as far as her getting a deposit together. Um, the sellers up the price. They offer to give her twice the deposit back. That's it. Um, and she just loses the plot then. 
But she, but, but if, she's already been told she would never be able to afford the repayments on it. And remember as well, the only reason that she'd really got that money together was off the back of her letting her dad die. Yeah, she let her dad die and got the life insurance. Yeah, and her, I mean, her dad was a problematic character. He, you know, uh, when she was younger, he was he abusive. I don't. Think, no, or I don't. was he? Uh, he did hit her. There is a scene where he hits her when she's young. Um, and he's very apologetic about it, as uh, abusers often are. But um, ag- again, there's there's uh, uh, there's circumstances towards her letting her dad die yeah. that kind of make it a little bit. Well, he was he puts it he, in a grey area. It, well, all he did was miss off the. He didn't declare his lung thing, did he? Well, he wasn't honest with her, but I think, there, like I said, I think there was also issues when he, he, she was younger, where he was maybe a little bit heavy-handed, and wasn't he a bit? Was he a bit of a drinker, or maybe something? I don't know. I don't know. I, I didn't really get that. Um, but that that was that was really her first murder. I mean, it? they could have if they were going to have him as a problematic dad. They could. Is yeah. that your phone? Missiles in the air. <laughs> well, if they were going to have him as a pro- problematic dad, they should have maybe upped his um, upped his abuse levels more. But then, because I didn't think uh, that was again, I didn't think he, he was. You know, he was, was a bit of a rough old dad, but I don't think he was too bad. But this was this is some of the this is some of the interesting um, things about the film is that the her her murder spree is incredibly heavy handed. Yeah. Way over the top. Every flashback about her in her life isn't. No. Isn't. Is is pretty subtle. And you, you can see how it's just an accumulation of things over time. And how... I mean, she isn't a bad person. She just wants other to work the, hard. Other than the murder. But that comes at the end of it. That's after she sort of has her breakdown. She loses her mind. And she... It's it's interesting to me as well that like the the when she goes on her murder spree, she picks up her brother's tool belt, and she, it kind of almost um, fetishizes isn't the word, but it kind of really kind of highlights the tool belt with all the tools and the cable ties, the weapons that she's going to use, and it's almost like she goes about it like a workman. It's like her work; she's worked really hard. But she's just got a little bit more work to do. Yeah, all in one night. And she'll get what she wants. So, in that regard, you that there is a degree where you sympathise with her, where she's like, okay, she ain't quite got there yet, but if she puts in a night of hard work, and it is hard work for her, she fights hard to kill those innocent people. <laughs> she does. She really does. I mean, they fight oh, back. They, they fight back. Yeah, they all fight back. Um... Oh, and it's a refresh. She's a refreshing slasher protagonist. Yeah, I mean the final girl is the killer. Yeah, there is no final girl. It's her, isn't it? Oh, right. Let's, so, let's, let's carry on with the security guard. Okay, so the so the security guard gets a cable tie whacked around his neck. Yeah, and then she just she tightens it, and then she just stands watching him. Yeah, she doesn't. And he and he gets basically what is a Stanley knife blade out of there. It's like a craft knife. Yeah, isn't craft it? knife. And, it, and it, he's just trying to cut this cable tie off. In extreme close up. Yeah. And he's 
Trying How, to get that, it, oh, at that stage of the film, Mark, where you it was the first time you'd seen it. Oh, that was you, the first in the first five minutes. Yeah, so and were you thinking? I what were you thinking? I thought we were in for a bit of a ride here. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, little did I know. It's really kind of like yeah, that. It's, that. it's a really nasty close up. And basically, she doesn't do anything else but put the cable tie around his neck, does she? No, not at all. No, he. En- I mean, he basically ends up where he's so desperately trying to cut the cable tie because he's suffocating. Yeah. Where he's trying to cut the table, cable tie, he just slices up his own throat so badly. I think he just bleeds out. Yeah, just bleeds out. And then, then you get like uh, twenty minutes of flashback, don't you? You think, what the yeah. f was that? Well, that but that oh, that is such a tense. I mean, it is really hardcore, isn't it? Because, I mean, you're there every step of the way with him where he's basically choking to death. Yeah. He's got a table cable tie really digging into his neck. He finds a blade. He's trying to cut it. He's cutting his neck more. And I mean, it is... Yeah, it's pretty graphic. Yeah. But in the scheme of things, in the film, it goes for just another flashback. And then you get a flash forward to the next murder. Yeah. Um, next murder sex next- piece. The next murder set piece, which is the uh, two ladies. There's two ladies in the house having a in a in in an apartment. I can't remember how she got in. She bum rushes the door. She just basically doesn't she knock or tap? Yeah, she knocks it. Yeah, that's right. And then the lady opens it halfway. She just charges it, takes the door down. Yeah, and then she stabs her in the back of the head with a. Yeah, pops her eyeball out. And then it pops her eyeball out. And we should say that eyeball, it features again yeah, later. it comes into play a bit to later. nauseating. Oh. <laughs> God almighty. It, but the, it, is it fair to say that might be a better eyeball? Than Evil Dead 2. It, it's up there, isn't it? It is up there. That's pretty there's nauseating. No, there's, there's no laughs to be had. I don't know. It's aiming for dark humour. It is really aiming for dark humour. Later on, I think it's clear they're aiming for real dark humour. I don't think the next ten minutes was dark. No, no, no. How deep? Much of a deep dive do you want to go into that? Well, we we got to talk about it, Mark. Well, so she breaks into a room. She quickly kills one of the ladies. The other lady uh, is pregnant, heavily pregnant. And she's been storing stuff, hasn't she? She's got like one of those. She's had a baby shower or something, she or yeah, but it's one of, you know those like storage that storage method of where you put stuff in bags. Yeah, hook it up to a vacuum cleaner, it sucks all the air out, makes it, your packet smaller. Yeah, and it all just sort of tightens it down so you can stow it under your bed. Yeah, stuff like that. Yeah. Um. So yeah, so right. in our protagonist, our protagonist stroke antagonist well, arrives. She grabs hold of her by her ankle, starts dragging her across the floor. She gets up to run away. This pregnant woman. And they she, have a bit of a fight. They have a bit of a fight. She fights. Does fight hard. For oh, her. she fights back. Uh, yeah, she cuts her face up, and she falls front first onto the floor and starts uh, miscarrying. Basically, well, it looks like her water breaks. Yeah, but I think she is. I think she's already been hit at that point. Yeah, and she's not having a great time. Um, so the protagonist... Uh, Disclaimer. This is, of all the films we've watched, this is probably one of the most difficult scenes yeah, ever. I mean, you basically see a pregnant woman get suffocated. She puts a plastic bag over her head, tightens it up with a cable tie, whacks the vacuum cleaner onto the bag to suck all the air out... The inside of the bag is filled up with blood. 
Oh, it all shrinks, but it's filled up with blood. And I mean, it's a pregnant lady. She's wearing like little like socks, ankle yeah. socks. And it's it. The thing that got me was it dwells on it for maybe ten seconds too long. Cuts to another flashback. Yeah. And then, like ten minutes later, when you think you've forgotten about it, it cuts straight back to it, and you just finally see her on her death throes. Yeah. And it's it's awful. It's tough. Yeah. It's it tough actually watch. smashes you over the face. And um, Mark, I love a film that smashes you over the face. In this film, smashes you over the face. Well, then her husband comes in. Oh yeah. But we and should again. But he was talking on the phone to his. Um, bit on the side yeah which it, seems to happen quite a lot in this film yeah yeah no you're right That I was going to yeah I'm glad you brought that up the, I mean we're presented with a world where pretty much every character is having an affair every man in is it every man in it is uh, but it seems like it's the done thing the women don't seem to mind yeah whether that's a cultural thing because even the pregnant lady seems to understand yeah. that a fella is having an affair because he's off playing golf yeah yeah and then when he comes back and he's got his golf bag, but he kind of talks to his mistress on the phone, and it seems obvious that he has just been visiting her. Yeah. So whether that's just... But then, like, I don't know whether that's a cultural thing or whether that is a deliberate... I mean, not none of these people that are victims, even the pregnant lady, as weird as it is to say, they're not that sympathetic. Well, the, what do you mean? Why isn't she sympathetic? You don't. Really I don't get know, but they're not. I, but why? Why didn't you think the pregnant lady was sympathetic? She was, but not as much, because she knew that her husband was cheating on yeah, her. But that, was, it, that just seemed. To but be they. Me. But they all just seemed part of a corrupt, nasty society. You I know, it's I all a, a rotten, rotten way of living. I don't know. She just. I don't know. I don't think he deserved what she got. Oh no, no, not at all. At not all. at all. But um, then, why are you still behind the killer? Well, I wasn't. This is where not we at all. Not really, no. But you are in a way. No, aren't you? I wasn't at all. Not even as you found out more. No. Of her backstory. No. Because her intentions all. were good. She cared about her family. She yeah. wanted to but at get this point, All her family are dead, apart from her brother. Yeah. So she's she not wanted doing to give. For, but she she's wanted, not doing it for a family. Is she? Hang on, she wanted to get her mum a new home. She promised her mum. Her mum's dead at this point. Yeah, but she had promised her mum that she would get him a well, new she home. She's too late. I know, but that's going to weigh heavily on you, isn't it? You well, know, you made a promise and you couldn't you keep deal it with they it. Died. You don't suck all the air out of a plastic bag on a pregnant woman's head. I know this, but this is a movie, Mark. Yes, I know, but I, I, my symp- I got no sympathy with that. I don't know why you have. It's a weird film to root for. You're not rooting for anyone in it at all. Maybe the pregnant lady. I think it. I or think maybe it, the Other guys. I think it plays. Uh, I think it plays clever tricks, and I think that it, I. It's interesting that you feel different, and that's good. But from my point of view, I think it works hard to make you kind of sympathise with her a little bit. And don't get me wrong, when she's doing these terrible things, I mean, she does terrible things. Well, she's already done two terrible things. Yeah. Three terrible Horrible things. things. But... I mean, she gets... The husband comes in. I also what think... What does the husband do when he comes in, Jamie? Uh, well, he's shocked. He's... Well, he, oh, he's no, st- before that, yeah, no. <laughs> what is... He, pr- one of the... After Evil Dead 2, one of the best eyeball oh. gags... And this is where you know you're in like dark comedy territory 
Because he doesn't even notice it's an eyeball. He just no, walks in, just... treads on something. <laughs> he doesn't... Which... Does he do a little slip? Well, the, the audience sees it. The audience sees that it's an eyeball that oh. really gets squished. He doesn't notice. He just looks at the sole of his shoe. It's like, and it's like, just it looks like... like a dead slope, doesn't it? Yeah, there's a lot of like, oh. mush on the oh. bottom um, And then he realises that... Uh, is it? It's not his mum. I, I, I guess it's, it's a housekeeper yeah, or a friend. Yeah. Uh, notices that she's been attacked and killed, then notices that his pregnant wife has been suffocated, tries to revive her, but obviously it's too late. Too late. Then he gets attacked. And again, uh, she fight, it's a fight. Well, he she fights thinks, back. She, she thinks she's knocked him out, and then he gets up and smacks her around the head with a... With the eye. He, she hits him with a golf club. They tussle. Yeah. She. I mean, she takes a few licks... He starts choking her, and then he he ends up getting knocked out by uh, iron. She picks up a clothing iron. That's right. Over her. And he comes back again, doesn't he? He does come back again, and that's when he trips on oh. that living room. Yeah, it's a good face plan, isn't it? Yeah, right to the corner of the table. Yeah, he trips on the yeah he trips on like a step, lands on a low table, and it's just right on the edge of his chin. Yeah, and just it? breaks his neck. So back up the other takes way. Takes his head right up. Oh, but I still feel uh, the main protagonist lady, partly because of the actress playing her, I think, partly because of her face, and I I know this sounds crazy, but partly because of how she looks, there is an element of you, I feel, or an element in the audience where you're kind of with her. You know, you kind of she's doing horrible things, but <laughs> take the but it's not easy for her. Do you know what I mean? It's not like Jason Voorhees, where you know no one's ever going to beat him. I mean, sh- she's a real human. She's yeah, no, this is hard get, work for I get, her. I get that, but I don't know why you've got sympathy for her. Well, I don't think it, I don't think the work film worked hard enough for me to gain any sympathy for her. Okay, because I just didn't. I mean, don't get me wrong; it's a good slasher film. But I had no sympathy for it. Okay, all right. Well, let's get on with the. If they're gonna do, if they're gonna try and make you get sympathy for a character like that, they needed to needed to try a bit harder. Okay. Because uh, wishing for a nice house for your dead family ain't cutting it for but, me. But but then what motive for murder is ever that rational? And I mean, let's be let's be honest. In it, in most slasher films. There's no motive. Well, yeah, and the intention or the reason is bullshit, and it is because oh, when they were kid, they they were abused, and now they hate. Well, Michael Myers ain't got no reason at all. Well, you know, he hates people having sex. You know, if you look like my sister and you're having (laughs) sex, I'm gonna fuck you up. That's that's kind of that's kind of the Michael Myers thing. Jason Voorhees is the same. You know, I I was abused by. Sloppy counsellors. Uh, I'm going to kill you. Well, you just kill anyone. But I mean, these are ridiculous motives. Uh, killing because you want the home of your dreams, and that's a that's an inherent irony in the film as well. That we're talking about a dream home, and these are what what they're boxes. Yeah, they're they high rise. And there's a twist at the end as well, which does make you think. Yeah. Um, 
Anyway, so that she, so she's murdered a uh, um, a young mother to be pregnant lady, pregnant lady suffocation, um, which is pretty harrowing. It's very and it dwells on it for a little, little bit too long. I find it a little bit exhilarating. <sighs> it's so wrong, Mark. It's so it's wrong, isn't it? It's yeah. wrong. What do you mean exhilarating? Because it's so wrong. You feel bad. You you watch it and you're bad and you think like. I'm watching this film to be entertained. Mm. I'm watching a pregnant lady being suffocated with a vacuum cleaner. And I'm still entertained. Yeah, I wasn't entertained by it. Well, no real people were killed, Mark. Yeah, if I it know. was real people, I know. then I wouldn't be I on know. board. It's just, it's a fabrication. Yes, This I know. is the beauty of it. It's just movie magic. Right, should we go on to the next apartment? Well, it's good. Like I said, a film that can smack you in the face. Oh, it did smack me in the face. Right, let's go on to the next room. Okay. You get to to know these people a bit better. Yeah, yeah. And there is a bit... This is where the dark humour really kind of comes in. Well, there's four guys in a flat. There's two guys, two girls... Are the girls... Hang on, you just said there's four guys in a flat. Four guys, girls. For, okay. Right. For Christ's sake. Two. Oh, I'm sorry. Two fellas. Two ladies. Yeah. I think the ladies are. They're kissing. They're hookers, are they? Oh, I don't know, but they're Sex kissing. Oh, I don't know what, but they're kissing. Basically, they're they're all drugged up and ready to have a foursome. They've got that excellent, like, bong machine. It yeah. seems to be like. It seems like really high tech. The high tech. We're doing coke, isn't it? I. Well, I thought it was Gange. I thought they were like putting no, like bud in there, white. and then it was like, what in that in yeah, the bag thing? Free basin. I don't know. I thought it was like weed. No, I think they were. I think that's like free basin. Well, you just fill up like a plastic bag. Yeah. Of vape. I guess it was like a vape. They were snorting bits of it as well. I don't know. But anyway, a drug dealer comes round. I mean, it goes really kind of adult then, doesn't it? Mm. Yeah. When you get to this flat. And you, I mean, basically, you've got like a gang of frat boys and young party girls. Yeah. And, you know, it, but then, it's sex and drugs. Yeah, so we're introduced to a, a, a new flat, a new set of victims. It gets a bit kind of sexy. Yeah, it two, gets sexy. Two girls are kissing. One of the girls is a little bit too drunk and kind of passes out. Yeah, she passes out. So which sets up a really good joke later on. Yeah. When she wakes up. <laughs> yeah, well, um, the two guys discuss, are discussing whether to have a threesome with this other girl, aren't they? Well, it, first of all, they're going for a foursome. Yeah. And uh, one of the girls is up for it, but then is just too drunk and is uh, a bit pukey. Yeah, a little bit pukey. So then the possibility of a freeway <laughs> comes up. And, and one, one of them goes, no, definitely, the, definitely not. And then when you find out why he objects, <laughs> you can kind of think like, well, yeah, okay, that would be... Well, then we might as well say it now. Well, you, you can. Well, he gets just... He gets, the other guy jizzes all over his face. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. He mistimed it. It was a... Mistimed And that would... that I mean, it's unlikely to ever to happen to me, Mark, but I think something like that would put me off for life. No, you just... Well, the guy, if I was in a freeway with another guy and a woman, yeah. and the guy yeah. managed to spunk in my face, yeah. that would be it for me forever. Yeah. I don't even think I'd do it the first time. Okay. I... Okay, Mark, let's move on. Okay. You're, say, you're, you're deliberately not saying it, anything. There, no, I'm Mark. not saying anything. Um, 
Yeah, so a drug dealer comes through the door to chat to the guy who's left not having sex because two couples, one couple have gone off to, to have some hokey pokey. And um, he leaves... That's quite funny. That he, when he's taking pictures of him with the... Pa- I mean, in real life, it would be <laughs> it would be disturbing yeah. and it would be abuse. But in the context of a film... Well, they are feeling her up a bit as well, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, and taking pictures of... <laughs> um, you need to watch the film. It, in real life, it would be horrible. In the context of the film, it's kind of disturbing. But funny. Um, our killer protagonist turns up. Well, she she stood at the door when the drug dealer opens, opens the door to leave. I mean, it, uh, this is, for my mind, this is where it really amps up. The comedy I mean, a little bit. The comedy and the gore. I mean... Oh, God, yeah. I mean, a guy basically gets disemboweled and he's slipping around in his guts. Well, he's trying to catch him, isn't he? Oh, I love... I, Mark, I love scenes where people are just slipping around in their guts. Yeah. And they, and they look like real guts. It really looks like his guts. Oh, it takes him so... He doesn't even die from that, does he? Uh, he's just sat there, slid on the floor, looking at his innards. Slipping around in his guts. Yeah. And then the other guy she kills with a bong. Well, she cuts him down the web of his hand first. Oh, she? okay. Yeah. Trying, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's trying to stop the knife. He fights back. It. Like all of them, he fights back. <laughs> you can see it just cutting his thumb off. You're like, Jesus Christ. And then she gets the bong and slams it into his neck. And he smashes the neck off. Yeah, stabs it in his, his neck, neck, and he's like suffocating and gurg, draining all his own blood. And this bot, this bong is filling up with blood. Slowly filling up with blood. Yeah. Um, in I mean, then we get to what, in my mind, is what takes it into five star category. <laughs> in my, my, Do you want to explain my, it? Well, uh, what can, it is one of my favourite Monday slasher film scenes, Mark. And like, uh, I mean, the, the, the there's what? a there's there is a part of me. I just get it out of the way now, Mark. There is oh, a part God. of me. You're going to say something fucking horrible now. Heavily you? aroused by this scene. Oh. Heavily aroused. You're okay. broken somewhere. Uh, so somewhere that somewhere in your life. So basically, in the back back. The back bedroom. Yeah. One of the guys is having sex with one of the girls. Okay. And From behind, he's on his vinegar strokes. So let's say, let's say doggy style. Yeah. Okay. Uh, our pro- protagonist Shen Lei Chung. Yeah. Comes in. Stabs the guy from behind. Right. Just as he's at the right point. Yeah. He's yeah. It, the uh, yeah. It, uh, you know that whole French thing where they say le petit mort. The little death, right? That's what they call an orgasm, right? Okay. Le petit mort, okay, because it's like a little death. Is it? That's what they call it, le petit mort. Okay, it's a it's a French euphemism for, for the orgasm, right? Okay, and they call it le petit mort. It's okay, like the little death, right? Okay, this is basically that to the max turned up to ten because you can only go up to ten. Um, Stabs him, so she turns in, stabs it through the back. Several times, and you see the knife coming out the front. It's right? really good effect, yeah. isn't it? Because you see just the tip of the knife come through the front That's of his chest. a big knife she's got as well. Yeah, a big kitchen knife. She got it from the posh house that she just murdered up three other people in. And he's, uh, and he's in the throes of an orgasm. Yeah. Which gives the lady that he's having sex with an orgasm. Yeah. As he's literally being murdered. Um, 
she slumps onto the bed in ecstasy. Yeah. Uh, the killer oh. looks down, just cuts his knob off. Yeah. Uh, like, slices his heart off. Spurts a load of blood over the back backside of this woman. Which she, she thinks, thinks is... Oh, spunk! Yeah. Oh, you've got um, a lot of that. And then the yeah, <sighs> and then the killer picks up the severed penis, chucks it on the pillow beside her, and eagle-eyed viewers will notice it. There's still semen dribbling oh. out the end of the severed penis. Jesus oh, it's genius, Christ. Mark. It doesn't get any better than that, Mark. That's just awesome. <sighs> You're a little too gleeful about this. Oh, so. come on, it's brilliant, Mark. Uh, and then she sets about the naked girl. With the bed kill. The bed kill is fantastic. Yeah. She does get a few licks in that. Well, the, well she hides under the bed. Yeah. Yeah, there's a bit of a... She's... The, uh, Shen is trying to stab her through the bed. Chucks off the mattress. Yeah. Chucks off the bloke who she's killed. Yeah. Um, she loses a knife at one point. She lo- yeah, she loses her knife and the girl trapped under the bed, the naked girl trapped under the bed, picks up the knife, stabs her through her Achilles heel. Yeah. And then you get the plank death. Yeah. It's a bed slap, basically. Bed she slap, just gets yeah. rammed into this girl's throat. Yeah. And you know the best... And you can see it wobbling. That is right. the best... When she's <laughs> spasming and you hear it like... Like that. When yeah. It's brilliant. It's so nasty. It's very nasty. But it's so... I, I, it's precision nastiness. Do you know what I mean? It's so well done. Yeah, it's... it's uh, yeah. And she pops up again later as well. This film's really good as well. It kind of... Um, well, it turns the killer coming back trope on, on its head when the victims come back. It's pretty much the victims that come back. You think yeah. that she's killed them. Come and then well, they pop scared. up and they're not dead and they want some revenge. And the girl with the plank through her face does that later on when the cops arrive because then the cops arrive Jamie the cops arrive as a knock on the door we've had we should say there have been more there have been more flashbacks yeah, through that. through that yeah and I think we've basically covered everything to do with that the lead up it? I mean she's basically she's had an unfortunate life she's been working hard her mum died she's always promised her mum a new flat everyone has troubles Jamie I know I know I know but she's worked hard yeah, so there's a lot of people. A lot of people work hard and don't get the dreams. And I feel sorry for those people as well. Yeah. You know? I feel sorry for them. Mark, I'm detecting an air of sarcasm in yeah, your Yeah, tone. yeah, because... Uh, I'm, not, I'm not condoning what she does, I'm just saying. But you've got a little sliver of sympathy for her. I've got an understanding of where she's coming from. She's worked hard, she's cared for people, she's cared for her family. So she kill, kill 11 people. Well, and her dad. Yeah. I know, I know, I know. But then you, s- you one, look... One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten... Yeah, in, yeah, it's 11 plus a dad, yeah. 12 people. you got to count the pregnant lady twice. 13. Yeah. Um, I know, it's... This is why it's such a fascinating film to me, Mark, because it presents you with a monster, mm-hmm. but yet... In a, in a way that works, it's a sympathetic monster. Not in the way that they kind of, you know, try to turn Leatherface into a sympathetic monster in, like, the ape film or whatever, the one where Daddario shows up. That doesn't work. <laughs> no, it doesn't work. But this from the I don't get- think this one worked. 
You do, I don't. I'm more sorry. more than more than that, more than the attempt to humanise Leatherface. Okay, alright. So uh There's a knock on the door because their neighbour's been complaining about all the rackets going on. Cops show up. She looks fucked up. She claims that she's been sleeping. She's obviously been like in murdering. a tussle. She's been yeah. mur- I've just been I've just been in there murdering. She's got people. quite a sweaty face, isn't she? Yeah. I think if someone had a face that sweaty, yeah, you would think you've been murdering people. Yeah, uh, Copperfoot put Copperfoot uh, having none of it, are they? Well, they're pretty diligent policemen. Yeah. Can you excuse stop me? Doing I'm, that? So, I'm sorry. Um, and then Plank Lady shows up. The yeah. victim. Who's not she's not a victim yet. Didn't try and get that plank out of her, mate. Would you? I don't know. That's yeah. I don't have to depend on how far it's rammed in there. It's proper rammed in there. I think you would just Yeah, but she there's something happened. <laughs> she's got about that bit. Yeah, she's Yeah, she trips up and falls on her face. Yeah, oh yeah, oh, it goes right in at the end. The yeah. plank comes out the back of red. Oh, that was lovely. And what happens with the cops then? Well, it all it all kicks off real quickly, doesn't it? The cops show up. Yeah. She meets them at the door. The killer meets them at the door. When she's basically trying to talk them away and say, no, 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 everything's fine. The girl with the plank pops up behind her. Yeah. The cops burst their way into the room and try to arrest both of them. The woman with the plank in her mouth... Cuts one cop across the throat with his gut with a knife. Yeah, he shoot. He reacts and just his gun goes off. He shoots the other cop in through cheek. the cheek. That cop, his gun goes off and he he shoots the girl with a plank in her mouth. Yeah, she then topples over and the plank goes through her face. The cop who's been shot through the cheek drops to the ground. He's quite fucked up. Yeah, he's quite. Sorry about that. That's my mm-hmm. second swear. He's quite messed up. Um, but not and then, dead, clearly. Oh, he's on his way out. I mean, it's a nasty wound. And then the guy, the copper with his throat slit, drops to the floor. He's He starts to bleed out. She oh. then picks up the gun and finishes off the other cop. Yeah. In the meantime, the guy who's like, he was disemboweled is still slithering around on the floor. He's still slipping around he's in his guts. He's still slipping around on the floor. Oh, I love a movie where people slip around in their guts. Oh, and when she she goes over to finish him off, and he's struggling because she's trying to shoot him in the forehead. Yeah. So she has the bright idea of punching him literally in the guts. Yes. Yeah, so so yeah, he opens his mouth and screams, and he opens his mouth and she shoots him. Yeah, and then she puts the gun in his hand. Yeah. And leaves, and it's like you can all, you can see that she's leaving like bloody footprints. Oh wait, the DNA. <laughs> The DNA, the DNA yeah, is everywhere. So, yeah, so you think? I'm not entirely sure she would have gotten away with. That. I don't think she would have gotten away with that. I mean, but to be honest, she's she's back at work the next day in the call centre, getting a call from a lawyer. Is it? Well, yeah, or well, the agent. The agent is phoning agent, her and saying, yeah. "Now oh, these guys want to," and she's like. Well, I've just read in the paper, 11 people died in there. <laughs> With an incredibly sing-songy voice. Yeah. Well, that'll bring the price down a bit. So she, basically, she's killed 11 people to bring the price down on a house she still won't be able to afford. And then, the twist in the tale... The market crashes. Cra- the credit crunch. The 2009 financial crisis. 2008. Oh, okay. Yeah, because they're talking about... Because it, it happened in Hong Kong first, didn't it? Then it moved across to America. Yeah. So she's so the money. So the money that she had got off the building, the the apartment, by killing those people, 
was instantly wiped out, mm. if not more so, yeah. by the credit crunch. So, like, so you can kind of look at it like the value that you could apply to those lives in a capitalist society. That's that's what it it basically comes down to monetary value. Yeah, and it turned out she hadn't she hadn't made any. <laughs> she had made herself any. Yeah. Um, what would you give out of five, Jamie? Five. Three. <coughs> Ouch, Mark. Free. Free's still a good movie, you keep telling me. It is good. Free's good. Free's, free's good. Free's. Yeah. I'm surprised you give it four. Well, you give it five for the. The gore is awesome. Yeah. Come on. Uh, like I said earlier, I like it when a film literally. Puts a, I like it when it puts a leather glove on and just repeatedly punches me in the face. And I feel that this film, oh, no, it, it puts a leather glove on and it, it punches me repeatedly in the face. Definitely. And I like that. I respect that about it. And it still shocks me now. And it, I mean, it's 12 years old now and the whole credit... Con- <laughs> what, sorry? That's easy for you to say. The whole... Cut that. The whole credit crunch... There's no point putting money... If, oh. I didn't mean to say that. The whole credit crunch angle does kind of age it now, yeah. weirdly. But the rest of it done. And I mean, the whole how, the whole issues about housing policy mm. and the whole issue of about bureaucratic capitalism and how it doesn't work, really. The idea that if you work hard enough, you'll be okay. That, that doesn't... That's not really true. That's not really true of capitalism. You can work really hard and you can still end up with nothing. Well, that's a happy thought. Well, that's just the nature of modern day capitalism, Mark. I'm sorry to break it to you. Um, Have you got any more to say about Dream Home? You only gave it free. Yeah. If you're going to watch it, just bear in mind some of it is hard going. Very hard going. In what, way, in what way? Some of it is very hard going, Jamie. What, in the sense that it's like someone putting a leather glove on and punching you repeatedly yeah, in, in the it, face? It, it dwells on the fact that a pregnant woman's getting suffocated. Uh, yeah, it's, yeah, it's weird. It's a bit of a weird choice to me. Why, yeah, why have that pre- But then you guess there must be a reason. I mean, she didn't care. I mean, she wasn't discriminating. She was literally no. just killing... Whoever, indiscriminately. Yeah, it was an indiscriminate, murderous kill spree. There was no connection between her and her victims. There was no... No. You just happened to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. But then that's just, that's true of any slasher, isn't it? In, um, in some ways, the fact that it was a pregnant lady and it was another lady killing her... Yeah. It just... It's, un, it's, un, it's unusual, isn't it? At least it's... It's treading new ground, isn't it? Oh, you know? yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, I don't know how I would feel about it if there was... I mean, I'd probably feel the same if it was a man doing it or it was... I American. think if it was a man, that would be... A, it'd be different. Mm. That okay. might be a step too far. Why? Is You tell me, Mark. I don't no, know. No, you're the one who said it's a step too far. Well, don't you think so? It's horrible as it is in this film. What if it was a man doing exactly the same thing? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I do. And it would. I think it would. I think that's the one way that 
it's horrible as this it is, is it is. It's worse. It's, it's worse if a woman's doing it. I don't know, but there's no a pregnant woman. But there's no, there's no kind of, there's no sexual kind of male dominance angle to it. Which, no, maybe, maybe. You, do you know what I mean? Yeah. I, um, and he, I mean, even at the end, like what I say, when she kills the couple having sex, and I mean, like I said, there's something about that. For oh, me, come on. You know, but there is, there is, Mark. I'm sorry. I, it's horrible, <sighs> but. You're a fucking freak. <laughs> sex and death, isn't it? You know, it's just that it. Um, yeah. Okay. All right. It's just a well-shot scene, and uh, you know they have a hell of a good shag. They do. Yeah. You know, and the fact that he gets stabbed multiple times through the chest does kind of add to it. You As know, he's jizzing. Yeah, they have a good time. She loves it. Okay. <laughs> okay. So anyway, I'm pretty much done. I'm pretty with much done. Dream now. home. Dream so home. you're set on three. Yeah, I'm set on three, mate. Three stars. Yeah. I'm gonna go the full five. He's gonna get five. It's one of the best slasher films of the last fifteen years. Okay. Do you not agree? No. Really? No, I don't. No. Tell me three slasher films. Oh, I don't, that I don't were better. I don't have to. I know you don't have to. I'm just asking you to. What can you tell me? Tell me a slasher film better than that one in the last 15 years. I can't think of any off the top of my head. Okay. Well, I'll give you 10 minutes, Mark. <laughs> well, I'm not waiting that. Right, anyway, I've got nothing else to say on this film. Have you got anything else to say? No, okay, that's fine. Well, are we going to go to the book nook quickly? Yeah, well, what have you... I can see that you're, turn, you're dimming the lights. You're, yeah. You're pulling out your winged back chair... You're settling down into the low-lit corner area, the enchanted grotto, if you will, that we call Mark's Dungeon Book Nook. What are you reading in your book nook this week, Mark? Well, because um, I lost the rollerball episode, we did a lovely book nook. Yeah, you did miss that episode. Yeah, yeah, but we're not going to go on about it. It's gone. Um, Rollerball. Yeah. American Psycho. Okay. Another film where people get chopped up. Well, hang on, you're reading it. You're, this is a, you're reading it in the what book. What did I just say? Film. Did I just say film? You did. Yeah. Oh, right, sorry. What I meant was book. Cut that one. Okay. So you've been reading American Psycho in the book. Yes, yeah, so I find it very hard to get through at some points. This is my second time reading it. I remember reading it a long time ago. Possibly it had maybe even just come out. Who uh, who's the author? Brett Easton Ellis. It came out in '92, okay, I think, and was banned by a lot of um, outlets. Yeah, um, he had to change publishers, I think, okay, to get it to come out because it was there was an uproar. The film, we maybe worth saying, the film is quite a watered down um, take on the. I think it had to be. Yeah, there's no way. They can make seventy percent of that book. No, because it goes deep, deep, deep. Have you read? Have you horrible uh, territory? Have you read any other Brett Easton Ellis? Uh, only Luna Park. Well, I spoke about that uh, last week. What in the rollable one? Where you didn't? 
No, in the one since, I think. Oh, and the one that we didn't yeah, accidentally the, do. The one that we didn't accidentally do. Oh, it's yeah. getting bloody confusing, isn't it? Not whether... really. It is. Not really. Okay. Anyway. So I think um, when we originally spoke about this, I think I said to you, you need to read The Wasp Factory. Yeah. Uh, Was that by Ian M. Banks? Uh, well, it's just Ian Banks. Ian Banks. Yeah. Right. What was so, the difference between Ian M? Well, it's the same guy, but Ian M. Banks is uh, his more sci-fi stuff. Right. And Ian Banks is more his sort of uh, drama, psychodrama kind right. of stuff. What's it called again? Wasp Factory. Okay. Um, I'll see if I can get that in a book. Nook. Yeah, you'd enjoy that. And I would also say Cows by Matthew Stokoe. No. Stoko is S T O K O E. Right. Um, again, maybe not for you, Mark, but if you're someone who loves for a book to punch to put, in the face, to put a black lover leather glove on, and repeatedly punch you in the face, then you want to go for cows. It. I mean, it would destroy you. No, I probably won't. <laughs> it would why, destroy you. Why do you want to destroy me? Well, I just. But then I like that sometimes. In in my uh, my art that I enjoy, things that appeal to me, mm. it's normally stuff that does kind of kill a little bit of me. Do you know what I mean? It, it destroys you. Anyway, American Psycho, five out of five. Okay. Love it. It did a little bit of it destroy you. Little bits of it do, yeah. So you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, but I just don't like being relentlessly hit over the head with it. For hours on end. Well, yeah, but then that is a book that does relentlessly you, hit you. Yeah, over the but you put a book down every now and again. It's quite clever how it does it, though, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Because it um, it really presents you with a sort of ben- banal, banal nature I mean, of evil. Uh, I've also listened to it on audiobook, and I think that the audiobook's something like 14 hours long. Literally nothing happens for the first five hours. It's just relentless I mean you don't even really get too much of a clue early on yeah um, he's just your average but you know something's off yeah he's, there's you? off, he's, off. He, he, he can't really talk to people properly yeah he can't communicate it's just such a narcissistic lifestyle yeah as but well. then that could, be, that could be the start of any Brett and Alice office as you were yeah, saying yeah 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 um, and when it dips surface when it, dip. when it goes it goes but there is big gaps between the horrendous bits. Towards the end, it does... I mean, there's the Becky chapter and the Rat chapter, which is hard to get through. Yeah, it escalates quite a lot towards the end. Brett Easton says, spoiler alert, that he wasn't dreaming the whole thing. Okay. Uh, is that what you said originally then? That yeah. Was, what, you dreamt it? No, no, no. Because it's, it's ambiguous. Like oh, film. okay. So the, he like, may have been. He, oh, okay. he may have made the whole thing up in his head, but apparently not. Okay. Because um, it does get surreal, doesn't it? I mean, it does even take the carnage to yeah. levels of like. I mean, this. He's not even your know, average serial killer, is he? I mean, he's like. He he's an unimaginable serial killer in a way. Yeah, but um, then. I don't know. When you hear about serial killers on documentaries, they're not going to tell you all the nitty gritty, are you? They're not going to tell you if they're doing oh, anything yeah. like Patrick Bateman does. It depends what. They're not going to go documentaries you go on to. Yeah, it's pretty nasty stuff, Mark. Oh, um, and murder is. 
But then that's what we do here in the dungeon, Mark. We get together and we stare <laughs> into the abyss. Right. We have done an hour and 15 minutes. Yes, of brilliant horror, scintillating horror, banjo twanging horror. Just quickly before I go, the money from all this blue stuff that we've got that is coming out of cupboards here. Yeah. There's too much of it. I've decided to launder it. Okay. This is how I'm going to launder it. Do we need to launder it? Is that is it becoming... Yeah. Can we just leave it's, it here? No, it's becoming an issue, mate. Okay, all right. So mate, you there's, want to there's thousands of pounds a week coming into it. Yeah. We need to... It's really taken off. We need to clean it. Okay. And pay tax. Right. Okay. Al Capone went to prison for tax. Okay. If you're paying the tax, you're not, you're not going to investigate you, mate. You've been thinking about it. I have, it really mate. is going like a gothic Ozark. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. What we're doing, right, I thought about getting a pizzeria. Right, we've pizzeria. Got, we've got the brazen ball. We can cook pizzas in there. We can get what in human fat. <laughs> <laughs> we can get eagle to fucking deliver them. Right, right. But and these trotters tried all that. What I'm going to do now is basically buy pizza boxes, pizza boxes, and chicken boxes, dungeon fried chicken, dungeon, dungeon fried chicken, dungeon fried chicken. <laughs> uh, Dungeon Pizza and McDungeon Burgers. Okay. Somebody phones us up for an order. We phone one of the local ones and we just take their take their pizza, put it in the box, deliver it. Oh, okay. So it's like a so kind we of like a scam. Cooking. Okay. We haven't got to do any cooking and it just cleans the money. Okay. See? But we need, so we need boxes money. that say Dungeon. Yeah. Dungeon okay. Fried Chicken. Just go down to a chicken shop, put some chicken in it take it to them and we'll be delivering that I might have to do some of that myself but why would we need to order it from other places because I can't got... be bothered to cook any chicken we don't need to Mark we've got those teleporters we haven't got the teleporters you ruined them well I told you and it. nobody's going to want to buy Kentucky Fried Chicken with crow's feet on it crow's beaks <laughs> <laughs> alright okay all right. so we'll have our first adventure on that next week okay so, so okay alright what's the problem I feel like I need a shower after that. No, we didn't. We don't have to do that, <laughs> we don't have to do that bit because I didn't do the other bit. What other bit? Just no, do the more bit. Bits. No, I can't be bothered, mate. Just cut that and do the bit. No, I can't be bothered. That's just this has been going on too long. It's now an hour and twenty. Right. Okay. Well, you Say cut, are you going to be cutting all of this stuff? Say goodbye, Jamie. Bye, Mark. Bye, Jamie. By listeners. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll be more next time. Thank you. Jamie and Fortune's Beatmax Dungeon.